Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Sif Heider, the founder of Array. I'm a wellness entrepreneur and digital creator, and this is my show, The Dream Bigger Podcast. Listen, I love dreaming big, but you know what I love more? Actually having the resources to make those big dreams happen. And hey, dreams can sometimes be private jets, but other times they can look a little something like having the best skin of your damn life, or starting a successful business, or delving into spirituality. So on this podcast, I chat with experts and thought leaders from different fields about their tips and tricks on doing exactly that. So let's get right into it. Hello, hello, friends, and welcome back to the Dream Bigger podcast. So before we dive into today's show, let's talk about the fact that I have recently joined the Dear Media family. This is something I'm so excited about because honestly, 90% of the shows I listen to are all part of the Dear Media network. And I'm really excited to join the roster and, you know, be a part of what they're doing by uplifting female voices. So this is something I'm so stoked about and, you know, really exciting things to come. Okay. So, This week's guest is supermodel turned brand founder, Emily DiDonato. If you haven't seen Emily in magazines or on billboards, you may know her from TikTok and or YouTube. Her TikTok of how she met her husband on a plane went viral and it is so fucking cute, guys. Obviously, I asked her all about it during today's conversation. Emily also recently launched her skincare brand, Covey, which essentially simplifies skincare. We get into the whole thing, but... I think it's so smart that she launched this because as a supermodel, you know, she's she was constantly being exposed to so many different steps in skincare and she just wanted to simplify it and make it really user-friendly. Their packaging is adorable and you'll love her. She's really, really smart, really cool and super real. It's a great episode. Before we get into the show though, let's talk about this week's hot tip. So after my accident, my face looked really banged up, guys. Like it was gnarly. I had scabs everywhere. And I was really scared that I would either scar or have hyperpigmentation. So one of my friends recommended I look into Augustinus Botter. And I had heard incredible things about Augustinus Botter. I know that they are really rooted in science and technology and the research behind their products is so top notch. So I started using the Rich Cream and I have been 
pretty blown away by the results, to be honest. Um, all my scabs have peeled off. I have very limited hyperpigmentation. Obviously it's new skin, but it is going to go away. I'm a hundred percent sure. And I, I'm just really impressed by the cream. So essentially the rich cream contains, I guess it's a compound, but it's called TFC8 and it supports cellular renewal and guides other key ingredients to the cells. So it, you know, targets things like the appearance of fine lines, wrinkles, hyperpigmentation, all of the things that you should really be looking for um, in your skincare product. So I'm so impressed by the product. Honestly, it's worth the price tag, anything for your skin, you know, and I couldn't recommend it more. Okay, so now that you know all about my miracle cream, let's get into today's episode with Emily D. Donato. You guys are going to love her and I can't wait to get into it. So I guess the first question really is, how did you even get into modeling? So I was scouted in a mall when I was like a junior in high school. Um, oh, you lived every like, girl's dream. Like, you know, yeah. everyone had that fantasy of getting scouted. It happened to you. <laughs> people are always like, I thought those were a scam. And I'm like, most of them probably are. So don't take <laughs> after me and go running up to those people or run away with someone in a mall parking lot. Um, but luckily it was a legitimate experience. And they introduced me. I went to, I was scouted at this mall, introduced to my very first agency um, and started working from there. And, you know, I was still in high school, but it all picked up really quickly for me. Like I was working within the week. I was shooting a campaign for Ralph Warren. Like I like hit the ground running and it happened very quickly. So I'm really lucky that, that it happened that way. <laughs> oh my gosh. So yeah, like when you were pretty young then. I was very young. I was only like, I was still like in high school. I was like playing sports and just doing all the normal things. And then some days I would just randomly like take off to the city and be going to castings for like fashion jobs and magazine editorials. Like it was very strange. Then I would just go back to school and like live my life. <laughs> Casual, no big deal. Exactly. Um, so how was, I guess, that whole experience for you? Because you got into modeling quite young and obviously like it can flip either way. And like, I'm just really curious to know how it shaped you. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's so many wonderful things that have come from it and so many things that, you know, were not so wonderful. But like you said, did shape me into the person that I am today, you know? The pros of starting so young, you know, I started working hard at a very young age. I became financially independent at a very young age. You know, I grew up in like a lower middle class family and I really hit the ground running and was working and like bought my own apartment by the time I was like 18 and like living a great life. Like I really put my head down. You know, I didn't go to college. I decided to pursue this full time. You know, when I moved to Manhattan, though, I'm from a small town in upstate New York. I moved to Manhattan and it was a very lonely time in my life. All of my friends were going to college and I felt like I missed out on that like traditional experience. It looked very cool and sexy. I was like jet setting all around the world. But at the same time, I felt like I was like missing out. And that kind of lingered for quite a long time in a way because I kind of felt like I chose this alternative path. But at the same time, you know, my work ethic and this independence that came with it you know, I wouldn't trade that for anything and being able to travel the world and meet people from like, you know, all walks of life and really be a part of like a creative process, so many different brands and companies and, you know, grow with these brands and companies. You know, I've been with the brand Maybelline for over 10 years, almost 12 years now. And it's like, 
these people have seen me go from prom to like my first heartbreak to getting married. You know, I've been in the industry that long at this point. So it's been fun to grow up in it, but it definitely came with its challenges in terms of like, you know, I think every girl from 16, 17, 18, we're all trying to figure out who we are and feeling comfortable in our skin. And, you know, I felt like I was doing that under a very, um, a microscope in a way and with a lot of like opinions and critiques and just trying to do my best. So it had its pros and its cons. <laughs> I actually have a few follow-up questions to this. And I guess like, since we're already on the topic, I would love to know, how did you cope with the pressure to look a certain way? Because I mean, the pressure in high school is real as it is. And then you do it under a microscope in this like whole world, which is kind of centered around your looks. Like how was that whole process for you? Well, I didn't cope with it very well at first. It was like a gradual progression, right? You know, I was like 16, 17 years old and I would get the feedback that I needed to lose weight, needed to lose a few pounds. I was always very muscular, very athletic. And that wasn't really the thing in 2008 and 2009. It was very much like waif, Eastern European girls who all were six foot, had blonde hair and blue eyes. Like very wispy looking. Yeah, totally. So when I was that age, you know, that moment, I don't know if every girl experiences this, but I remember having this like aha moment where I was like, oh, well, if I just work out and don't eat like this, 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 and this, like I can like control my body. So it started there and be like, oh, I just like love the gym and I love being healthy. And then it just escalated so quickly from there because, you know, you mentioned the pressure, like it was pressure that I felt that I put on myself because I wanted to be successful. And like I mentioned, I gave up this sort of traditional go to college type of life. And I was kind of like, I am putting myself out on the line here. I chose to do this and I have to make it work. I had all this pressure that I felt like others were putting on me, but I also very much put a lot of it on myself. So I went to many extremes to try to get as small, 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 and as tiny as possible. And I just was obsessed with that. It was my life mission for a period of time because I just equivalated being thin with being successful. And I think, I mean, even a lot of women and girls who I've communicated with in my DMs, comments, a lot of us do that. We equivalent like thin, small, skinny with some version of happiness or success. And, you know, I eventually got to like the tiniest I'd ever been. And I was also the most miserable and like the absolute worst version of myself. And I wasn't even like moving the needle in terms of my career. It wasn't helping me. So luckily it all kind of started to reverse because I was like, this is not a sustainable lifestyle for me. I'm like a shell of a human at this point. (laughs) That is so wild. So I know that you've been so kind of vocal about body positivity and it's honestly so refreshing. And I'm sure like you are such a role model to so many other women. So what made you decide to speak out about this? I think it was this perfect storm of like me, myself becoming more comfortable in my skin and my body and also feeling this level of comfort in my life and my career There were many times where I wanted to talk about this topic, you know, years and years ago, but I almost didn't want to bite the hand that feeds me, right? I didn't want to talk about this and be like, oh, like I'm all messed up because of all of you. But by the way, I still want to model and be successful and do all of these things. And I think I reached a level of maturity in my life, my career emotionally, and like was at peace with my body enough to be able to tell my story without making it everyone else's fault. It was just a part of my story and it's a part of my life. And I like the way you mentioned, like it did shape me, but in a lot of ways it was was good. It made me stronger and turned me into who I am today. 
And I think what I really like about your narrative is also that the way you've spoken about body positivity isn't necessarily like externally or like being like, oh, like this is, you know, it's like such a shitty situation. Like it's more so been like your story, which is actually really wonderful. And I don't think it puts down the whole industry as a whole either. Yeah. I mean, I think just generally body positivity or finding that special place where you're at peace with your body, it, it's not anyone else's fault because we all know we are our own worst critic, critic, critic. <laughs> um, and no one's like, no one's, I, for myself, I was like doing myself so dirty. I would speak to myself so negatively and put myself down constantly. Like no one was doing that to me, right? That was like my inner dialogue that I had to be like, you know, I need to shift that. I need to change that. and. I think every girl can relate to this in some sense. When you're feeling insecure, someone can tell you over and over and over again, you're the most beautiful girl in the room. But if you don't feel good and you don't believe it, it really doesn't matter. So it really does start with you or that work starts from within. I love that. So I know that the industry is changing. I think that, you know, there definitely is more talk about body positivity, which is really wonderful to see, especially because I grew up in like the 2000s as well. And like what I was used to seeing was no one that looked like me. But if you are to give advice to like a younger version of you who's going into the industry, what would you say? I mean, a more tactical piece of advice would be kind of like to focus on your socials and like your personal brand in a way. Like, you know, if you're entering this industry today, it's like you, the model, the creator have so much power to shape your narrative, shape your story, you know, shape what you want your brand to be on the internet. It didn't used to be like that. Like you would have an agency or a modeling agency and they would tell you like how to look, how to talk, what your shtick was what to focus on, what color your hair should be. Like now you really own that as the creator. And I think that individuality and personality and presence is what's important and what people are gravitating towards. Like, I think we all can sniff out like true authenticity now with like the internet. So I would say like really focus on like what you want to share with the world and what do you want your story to be? And you know, who, how do you want to communicate with the world in a way? And then I think generally it's like, if you're entering this industry, there's going to be a lot of people who have an opinion and may want to change you or may want to do it their way or tell you how things should be. But at least for myself, what always got me through many situations, my parents always advised me was like, I know what's best for me. Like follow your heart, follow your gut, you know, do what's right. But you know, trust your gut. I love that. And I think that what you brought brought up about like building on your personal brand is actually really important. And obviously you were in the industry before kind of this factor came in, but do you feel like your experience as a model helped you kind of figure out how to build on your personal brand in the future, like with social media? No, I would actually say kind of not. I would say that any of like personal branding that I've like done myself and not that I've done this like huge thing, but even kind of crafting like, the content that I put onto the internet is stuff that I've done and been inspired by, by other creators. I say that because as a model, you know, I mentioned this earlier, you really were told how to be. And like, it was cooler in the 2000s for people to not know who you were, where you were, who you were hanging out with. Like being mysterious was very cool, right? Like top models were like, you didn't know where they shopped and they had amazing street style. And they were like, 
cool and quiet and emo and you know like that was the thing <laughs> and like I think if I had continued on that route like I never would have started a YouTube channel I never would have shared you know my stories on TikTok or really opened up on Instagram and shared many of these stories I think like a lot of the personal branding I even think about I don't even think about as branding I think about as like just sharing my stories with other and I think storytelling is something that I've inspired been inspired by by other creators I love that. So what made you decide to even go out there and like do this whole thing on social media? Because your YouTube channel is pretty major. Yeah. I mean, I think I reached this point, that perfect storm of feeling comfortable in my life, comfortable in my career. But also I was uncomfortable in a way because I felt a little bored. I felt a little two dimensional. You know, as a model, you're a freelancer. I would be like waiting for my next job to come through. And even though I was busy and successful, like I just had too much downtime and always felt like I had more to say, more to share, but I wasn't sure how to do that. And I was afraid to do that because I didn't want to like hurt my modeling career or hurt that image that I worked to kind of create or that like prestigiousness. But at the same time, you know, the internet and YouTube and everything, it's like the more you share in an authentic way and connect with people, the better off you are. So I was just kind of like, I just want to connect with people in a different way. And I've said this before in another interview, but like one thing that people would always say to me when they heard me speak was that they never knew I sounded like that. People would be like, oh my God, like you're American. Like I had no idea. Like I thought you were like exotic and this and that. And I'm like, that's the point. Like as a model, you just see a picture, you see a pretty commercial, you have no idea what that person is like. But now with the internet, we have a powerful tool and a whole new way to connect with people and to show them like, you're human. These are the things I love. This is how I like do things. Um, so yeah. You also had a TikTok video go viral. Like it was the one about how you met your husband. Explain that video and that story because I saw it even before I was following you on Instagram and I was like, this is so cute. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just want to know more. I know. I always tell my husband, I'm like, I made you go viral on TikTok. We have like 15 million views. And he's like, it's because of me. He's like, I'm the special sauce. I'm like, Kyle, no, you're not. You're not. <laughs> it's the storytelling. Um, but yeah, I um, I met my husband, Kyle, on an airplane. And I was going to um, Vail, Colorado to shoot the cover of Vogue Australia. And he was also going to Vail for a ski trip. And we sat next to each other. And we started chatting. We had mutual friends. We lived in the same block in New York. Um, we really just like kind of hit it off on the plane. And then shortly after that, we met back up and we've kind of been together ever since then. So we had that kind of airplane story, which I feel like everyone's always like, oh my God, I wish. So I shared it on TikTok and it was my first real thing that kind of took off on there, which was cool. Honestly, I don't know how anyone <laughs> finds anyone on an airplane. Like I'm just out there drooling. I mean, like, no, <laughs> I think if my I husband did. had met me on a plane, <laughs> it wouldn't even have worked. <laughs> I promise you, like I wasn't looking my best. I remember I was wearing this like floor length North Face jacket and like Ugg boots because I was going to Colorado and I thought like, it's going to be cold. Like I'm going to need my Uggs. And this wasn't that long ago. Like this, and it wasn't when Uggs were cool. Like it was in this space where Uggs were very much still not cool. And I did sleep half the flight, but we still managed. It was, it clearly must've been meant to be. (laughs) I mean, it was obviously him. He was the TikTok viral secret sauce. (laughs) (laughs) So fast forward to 2021 right now, you know, you have all of this stuff going on, but you're also a beauty brand founder. So tell me about Covey. 
Yeah. So yeah, I very much went from like model to content creator to co-founder. So we launched Covey in March and Covey is a simple three-step system, um, effective and compatible skincare. So myself and my business partner, we both felt like, you know, skincare has gotten definitely overwhelming and there's so many products out there. Um, but we never knew what products you actually needed in your skincare routine, what order you were supposed to use them in, and if they worked together. We did a ton of research and went through over 500,000 comments on products of top retailers, of best-selling products. And we realized people had these exact same questions. They didn't know what order they should be in. Can I pair this and this? And people just genuinely felt confused in terms of what products they should have in their skincare routine, which is why we created this three-step system. So tell me about the three steps. Yeah. So we have our first of all cleanser. So each of the products names reference the order that you are supposed to use them in. We wanted to make it like as simple and laid out as possible. I thought that was really clever, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so the first of all cleanser removes makeup, dirt, grime, everything from the day. That was like my most passionate product because I just wanted a product that like when I came home from work wearing tons of makeup, I just wanted everything to come off in one step. So that took us the longest to formulate, but we had to make sure it took everything off without drying the skin. So we have skin barrier strengthening ingredients in there, like glycolipids and babasu oil. And then we also have aloe leaf juice in there. So it's really soothing. So it really kind of takes it all off without drying or stripping the skin. And then after that, you follow up with next up serum. So we have our next up vitamin C serum. And in that one, we use a different form of vitamin C serum that a lot of other brands use. We use THG ascorbate. So a lot of other brands use L-ascorbic acid, but THG is actually 50 times more strong than L-ascorbic acid. It's also more stable, meaning you know L-ascorbic acid is great, but a lot of times with a lot of products, once you open it and it oxidizes, it loses so much of its effectiveness. Um, so THG does not have that. It is much more stable, penetrates deeper into the skin, helps produce collagen, helps with dark spots. We also have grapeseed oil in there and vitamin E. And when those three things are paired together, they actually strengthen each other's benefits. And has this kind of cool milky consistency that I really love. And then last but not least, moisturizer. So this, we wanted something really thick and whippy and hydrating that played really well day and night. I also really made sure that this played well with makeup. I was testing this product when I was going to work as a model and I would ask makeup artists like, oh, how does my skin feel? How does the makeup layer on top of this? We have squalane in there, which is really moisturizing, super hydrators like glycerin and sodium hyaluronate. We also have caffeine and green tea in there. So it really is this perfect antioxidant, hydrating, moisturizing mix. It's the perfect oil-based moisture and water-based hydration ingredients in there. And then that three-step system. And we had them formulated from our dermatologist, Dr. Julie Rusak, just to make sure we were using the highest quality of ingredients, make sure all three products worked together. They're like formulated to work together. And that is the three-step system. That is really cool. And I like that you've simplified it. People who have really busy routines, like they're just looking for something that's like a little more, I guess, like attainable because sometimes skincare can feel like very unattainable just because of the layers of complexity. Totally. And I think, you know, I came from the school of thought that more was more, right? My skin was so important for my life and my job. And I was using all the products that were ever recommended to me. I put them all on at once thinking I was doing the right thing. I think we all like get into that zone. Sometimes my skin would become really irritated, really dry, like really messed up when I would go to work. And I'd be like, why I'm putting all these expensive products on my skin. But, you know, I think in formulating Cuddy, what I realized is that like less really can be more when you're using the right products with effective and powerful ingredients that really work together. You don't need a million steps. <laughs> totally. Tell me about the name Covey. 
Yeah. So cubby is a real word. It means a small flock of birds. And when we were naming cubby, we were kind of looking for words around togetherness and community because I thought of the three products as a cubby, a little group. I think of myself and my co-founder, she's my best friend as a cubby. Yeah. And then because of so much of creating cubby was based on social listening and my platforms and like those communities. That's why I was kind of searching for that word around a group or a community. And Covey came along and we just loved it because birds fly in flocks to protect and support each other. So we just loved it. And it was short and sweet. And I felt like it was perfect for the brand. That's a really beautiful name. I love that. Yeah, I love it. Tell me about some of the challenges you faced as a founder, just because I know I've had my fair share when it (laughs) comes to launching Array and still to this day. And I just love hearing I guess the realistic side of what it takes to run and launch a business. Yeah. I mean, there were many, many challenges and things that came up along the way. I mean, we did launch in the middle of a pandemic. So that came with many delays. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Delays and logistic issues and all of that. I think like overarching something that was a challenge for me. And I think for anyone who's maybe starting a new job or wants to start something... I had been a model for so long. And I know I mentioned this. I was told how to be, where to be, how to look, you know, here's your flight, go to the job. You know, my input or my thoughts around something weren't very important for a long time. I really was kind of just the mannequin or there to kind of bring someone else's project, clothes, makeup, whatever it is to life. So I had really bad imposter syndrome in terms of being like, no, I do have a point of view on this, or I do have experience in this area, or I do have a thought on that that I should share. I just felt so insecure and kind of was like, oh, I'm, I'm just a model. Like, I don't know. I, I didn't go to college. and I don't have that kind of experience. Just like that really bad imposter syndrome. I would say that was one of the bigger things emotionally for me. It was like a big hurdle. I mean, I think... It- a lot of people can relate to this in some degree or another. And I think like it's it's really powerful to be able to step into that role and kind of overcome that. Totally. Yeah. So how does it feel to go from being in front of the camera to working more behind the scenes? I mean, I really love it. Like modeling has its pros for sure. And it brought so many wonderful experiences for me, but it definitely felt two dimensional for a long time. And I always felt like I had more to share, more to contribute. And I found, you know, sometimes as a model, like I really was like counting down the hours until it was over at times because I, not that I didn't want to be there. It's just, I wanted a day to be done. And now as a founder, you know, there's like a million things I'm sure, you know, on your to-do list every single day in a million different categories too. Like you're going from like, creative to logistics to like organizing like on calls all the time like there's like a million things all at once but I love that and it's more exciting and you learn so much which I'm sure you know like there's a new challenge every day and you're like I don't know how to do this or respond to this or handle this but like I'm just gonna go with it trust my gut but yeah I think that's kind of been the best part of it is like the learning curve and the new challenges and it's like a whole new part of my brain kind of lighting up yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel like you you multitask all the time. And like, it's crazy how many different hats you have to wear. Like I was working as like a content creator full time before starting Array. And like, I don't know, like I thought I was wearing a lot of hats then, but holy shit, like what you have to do as a founder is on like a whole different level. <laughs> it's insane. There is nothing that is above or below you, right? Like it is all in your corner and you have to figure it out. <laughs> totally. 
What is like the biggest lesson you've learned from being a brand founder? That's a good question. I think I would say like everyone is kind of just figuring it out as they go. You know, I'm sure you understand this. Like when we had a a date for when Covey was going to launch, there were so many things that weren't done yet or weren't mapped out yet. And I just could not even picture what our launch would look like. I couldn't even picture what the creative was going to look like. It felt like so big and above and beyond me. But it's like, you just kind of have to keep moving forward and kind of chipping away at these things and putting things out there and seeing if it sticks in a way or works out or is received well by your team or the people you're kind of bouncing things off of. But I just had so much anxiety because I always felt like, I don't know the answers to this. It's not perfect. It's not the way this brand did it, or it needs to be bigger, better, whatever. And it's like, no, just like do what you can. It doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be out there and consistent and like focus on sharing your story in the best way that you can. I think it's so smart. I've like read now so many books by, you know, huge entrepreneurs like Reed Hoffman is one of my favorites. He's the founder of LinkedIn. And I think it was in his book. He was like, if you've launched when it's perfect, maybe you've waited too long because I it's love better to iterate, right? It's like, it's so yeah. much smarter that way. Yeah. I mean, the amount that fear could hold you back is so real. And the amount of times that I just didn't know if like the shoe was going to be perfect, the images are going to be perfect. And I'm sure you've got this too, as a creator, we're so hard on ourselves too. So just getting something out there, but it's like, you just have to keep moving forward and not overthinking it. Yeah. And I also feel like once something is out in the world, like there's more to learn, right? Like once it's out there, you can iterate more because it's when you get that feedback, it's like, okay, like, you know, maybe I can do this better with my packaging or like, maybe I need Mm -hmm. to change this or like, you know what I mean? Or like, maybe my social media needs to be this way. I mean, we had so many bumps along the way when it came to launching. So definitely like launching and iterating is the way to go in my opinion. Totally. Because the minute you start getting that feedback and people actually start trying your product, I mean, that feedback is priceless, you know? So I agree. A hundred percent. So a lot of people say that the beauty space is saturated. But Mm -hmm. I do think that there is a heightened interest in skincare, which I think is actually a good thing. Because I think that now there's like almost a larger pool of people to appeal to. So how do you stand out in the beauty space? Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I think the interest for skincare generally, and of course, during the pandemic has totally hit this peak. And there's so many people who are kind of trying to figure out their routines and what works best for them. I think for Covey, you know, in terms of all of the research that we did and the questions we realized people were asking, you know, like I mentioned, we went through over 500,000 comments and top retailers of top selling products. We also were in skincare communities like Skincare Addiction on Reddit. We were on Twitter looking to see what kind of questions people were asking. We realized that a simple, effective, and compatible routine was something that people felt confused about, meaning they didn't know if their products worked together. They didn't know what order they should use them in or the products that they should actually have in their routine. So I think selling the set as a routine for us and making sure that the products were compatible was something that was a major focus for us. And moving forward, we want that to continue to be the focus, meaning that we're only going to come out with essentials that you really need in your routine. We're going to share with you exactly how you should use them and how they should fit into your routine and make sure that all these products work together. Love that. So you have 
so much stuff going on. You're a model, YouTuber, beauty brand founder. I want to know your productivity tips. <laughs> oh, that's a good question, especially on a day like today where I woke up and I was just like, I don't know how I'm going to do this or get anything done. I'm also like super type B and definitely more of like a creative. So sometimes like a to-do list for me is just absolutely haunting. I do have a brain dump on my notes app on my phone. So I basically everything that comes to mind that I have to do, it just dumps into there. And then each day I just pull out three things that I definitely want to accomplish. And I write that on a post-it and put that on my desk. Then at least I always know I have the brain dump. It's written down somewhere, but each day I really just need to focus on these three things. And then I feel at least accomplished if I get those three things done. That really helps me with the productivity and also taking breaks in between throughout the day. Because I know we're all on Zooms or all on Google Hangouts. And it's like, when I'm just sitting in one place for too long, I just, my productivity, my attention span, everything just goes to zero. (laughs) I think it's a really smart tip. I do the same, but like it's like a larger list, like seven. And then I do like three, oh. like absolute must. Then like yeah. three I'll do if I get those done. And then like yeah. four are like more mini. But I love this brain dump idea though. It's so smart. Anything that comes to mind, even if it's far, far away, like, oh, this product or next thing we should do, or I had this conversation with this person I want to revisit, it just goes in the brain dump because then I skim that maybe once or twice a week to see if any of those need to like rise up into the priorities list. So yeah, it really helps me. I like that. Do you have a morning routine? And not just when it comes to work, like everything, like, like, what do you do to start your day that makes you feel really good? Like, I want to know all of that because I'm obsessed with morning routines and I like always like to kind of ask people this question. Yeah. I really love learning about people's morning routines too. I mean, for myself, I wake up every morning around 5.30, 6 o'clock. My brain just wakes me up then. I always have an iced oat milk latte and a large bottle of water. I sit on the couch with my dog, Izzy. I love being alone in the mornings and just like scrolling through my phone. Like I know a lot of people like to use the morning to like be productive, but for myself, it's just such a peaceful, quiet time where I just get to like snuggle with my dog and do kind of whatever I want without judgment because the rest of the world is asleep. (laughs) I don't know why it feels better then. And then I always work out at 7 a.m. every single day come home and I walk my dog. I have my morning smoothie. And then I'm usually like on Zooms by 9am. Zooms at 9am sounds familiar. Um, What workouts do you do? Yeah, I, um, I lift weights three days a week. That's like my absolute favorite kind of workout, meaning I love like, you know, any kind of dumbbells, kettlebells. I really got into weightlifting. It just makes me feel strong and happy and motivated and always like getting better at it in a way, always getting stronger, which I really like. So I work out with a trainer virtually and I do that. And then I do a lot of walking and I just will literally walk on an incline sometimes for 45 minutes to 90 minutes if I'm on there for a while, because I'll answer emails on there. I'll edit videos on the treadmill, like especially during the pandemic, I started that because I just was getting no steps in in the day. So if I just have a morning where I just need to like get through some emails or edit a quick clip or whatever it is, I do it on the treadmill. (laughs) Okay. This is actually a really smart idea. And I love (laughs) that you do this. I feel like I need to start doing this. Like just like, you know, on the treadmill, multitasking, like it's so smart. I just need the steps. Like it's efficient. It's efficient and it's distracting. And I feel creative also when my blood's kind of pumping. So I love Like even that viral video of Kyle and I from TikTok, I made that when I was on the treadmill. Like that's okay. So that's the secret. 
that's the secret to a viral video. <laughs> yeah. Cause I was just in a good mood, like blood pumping, sweating. I was putting all the clips together in my video editor on my phone. Like, yeah, I love it. Well, Emily, thank you for being here. Tell everyone where they can find you website, Instagram, TikTok, pimp yourself out. Yeah. Emily DiDonato on Instagram, Emily DiDonato on YouTube and DiDonato Emily on TikTok. I think that's it. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved the episode and feel like it brought you value, don't forget to rate the show and leave a review. It takes five seconds and really helps the show grow so I can keep bringing on awesome guests. If you want to follow me behind the scenes, you can find me on Instagram at Sif And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss a thing. I drop new episodes every Tuesday, so come hang with me and shoot the shit with some really smart people, learn and unlearn, and have a lot of fun. See you next week.